Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a relationship coach, and in a 36-year and counting relationship slash marriage. So I get asked all the time, what keeps a marriage thriving? And the simple answer is to spend quality time together. Unfortunately, that's the one thing that gets put on the back burner in a lot of relationships. Jobs, the kids, friends, hobbies, etc., all take priority over the marriage. But nothing thrives on neglect, and your relationship is no different. So today, I'm happy to welcome back relationship experts, Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin and his wife, Rivka, to address what you can do to keep your marriage healthy and happy. So thank you guys so much for coming back on the show and talking about something that I found really interesting when I read it. Uh It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. So what I'm talking about is, and if people, I recommend that you sign up for their email list because I I received their emails on a consistent basis. And the subject line of a recent email was my aha moment about having fun which I thought was really interesting. So what was this epiphany and what does it have to do with relationships? Well, thank you, Leslie. Um, it's funny. I, well, I guess not so funny. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'll start because it was really You're myself. It was our aha moment together, but it was really about my own experience. So, you know, we're married now 20 years with five children and, um, I noticed in the early years, for many years in our marriage, you know, the week would go by, the kids were in school, everything was good until Sunday. And it was like, I just got this recurring anxiety about Sundays. And I just, we just could, we couldn't figure out what was it that had me so anxious and kind of like dreading Sunday coming. And Mm -hmm. I finally realized it was because um, Sundays, you know, our typical family time day for us, because I guess we have the Sabbath on the weekends, but Sunday mm-hmm. is like the day where the kids want to know, what are we going to do today? Go somewhere and do something. Yeah, yeah right. they, they want to do something fun. They want to go on a trip. They want to do this, that, and the other thing. And I just felt like this pressure and this anxiety. So. I guess, and and then I find ourselves going on these trips where we would go, let's say, to an amusement park or Chuck E. Cheese or something, Mm -hmm. and there would always be something in the car, somebody would fight (laughs) with somebody else, and it was just, like, awful. Yep. And finally, one day, I said to Shlomo, I'm like, what what do you think could be going on for me? Because I just don't like this, where Mm -hmm. I have these contentious feelings about our kids and our family. So then we were discussing it. I, I'm not sure if we were using the actual formal Imago dialogue, which we use right. when we're discussing something difficult. But anyway, I realized that as a child, um, my parents, they got divorced when I was 11. But I remember that when we would have fun, it was actually terrible and miserable. <laughs> and my parents would be fighting and my father would be yelling and my mother would end up be, be crying. And it was just like really a disaster. So I realized that my childhood story was really recurring in our current makes right. sense right so that ha- that thought of having fun was something that 
Rivka was not looking forward to. Whereas on the other hand, I I did not have the same experience. We would go on trips together as a family, and with your uh, parents. Were, yeah, as a fam- yeah, with my parents and brothers, and those were positive memories for me. Mm-hmm. So going out with our kids on on a Sunday was not a big deal for me. I you know I even was looking forward to it, but for Rivka it was a lot of tension. And once we understood this, it helped us be a little bit more conscious about what was going on uh-huh. uh, so that we wouldn't get so reactive. And now, while this is talking about having fun, this is more, you know, family fun, but mm-hmm. still, it, it can it can relate. If somebody has an issue having fun with their spouse, some people are definitely fun impaired. It's important to understand, you know, where is that coming from? Do you have bad experiences with fun? Um, are you going to get in trouble if you have fun, if you're too, you know, as a child, are you too, you know, you're too loose, you're, you let it all out, or is, are you going to get punished for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, is there a judgment about that that you have internalized from your from growing up from childhood and there's all important things to think about because they definitely impact the adult and it helps the adult or prevents the adult from being able to really enjoy that time together with their spouse. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, you know, we had the same thing in, in my household when my kids were younger, that Sundays were the days that we would do something together as a family. <laughs> and it was always like, okay. You know, and, I mean, it wasn't so much that we didn't have fun, but it was just like, you know, the whole process. And, and I had, and I learned with my daughter because she would ask us on Monday what we're doing that weekend. And I tell her, and then if like the weather changed or something happened and we couldn't do what I'd said, she was like, well, mom, you lied to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so I got into that whole kind of thing. Like, yeah. So yeah. I just learned not to say anything until, you know, like Friday or whatever. But I find it interesting that um, Rivka, you know, you're talking about these quote unquote fun experiences. So you're equating fun with pain. And it's like, so, yeah, who wants to do that? Because right. that, that wasn't fun. Yes. And it wasn't till I realized all that was going into it. And then I could finally become aware of it. But it wasn't until I became aware of it that it just was a constant source of, of frustration for me. So much so that sometimes I would just send Shlomo on the outing with the kids. And I just avoided it entirely, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, when we finally realized it, I, I was really grateful because then I could, I could release it, uh, but I didn't even know that it was being triggered before. So once, you know, Shlomo helped me become aware of it, I realized, okay, I, I don't need, this doesn't need to be my current reality. I can let this go. And slowly but surely, you know, I don't, ha- I still have a little bit of the Sunday morning anxiety, like, oh shoot, the kids are going to ask what we're doing today and I don't know yet. But I also have less of a problem either saying, you know, guys, we're just going to be cozy today and not really go anywhere or planning things last minute. And I don't have the same fear and anxiety about it. Which is, you know, which is really such a good thing. I mean, I've been accused by my family of being a fun sucker. (laughs) So. I mean, and it's really funny because it's like, you know, we don't, we don't get snow where I live very often, but when we do, you know, when the kids were little, they wanted me to go out and play in the snow and I don't like being cold. It's like, no, no, I'll stand at the window and watch. <laughs> so, so they yeah. would just accuse me of being a fun sucker because it was like, I, I mean, I really, I, I really hated being, I don't like being cold and I'm cold uh-huh. all the time. Uh-huh. So um, I do want to ask because you were, you were talking about doing things as a family and, and we all know that we also need to be doing things as a couple. 
So what actually prevents couples from having fun together? Yeah, so part of it is if you do have this idea about fun, that's a, a negative connotation with it, mm -hmm. that will definitely Im impact. Um, I think it's just people don't prioritize their relationship. I think they're so busy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's two things. There's spending time together, and then there's actually having fun. You know, you can spend time and go out to, to eat, but actually doing something really fun, exhilarating is, is another thing, mm -hmm. which is harder for people. I think that sometimes we associate that this is, this is not something that adults are supposed to do. Adults aren't supposed to have fun. Okay, you can do like adult things together. Uh -huh. there's, a, there's a judgment that, you know, it's not okay. It's too childish. You know, we shouldn't go like, I don't know, um, sledding. sledding or, you know, something like, uh, like that and more engaging. Mm -hmm. Um, so th there's, when you have a lot of people though that are really into those types of things, but you also have a lot of couples or one or both are, are really more reserved. So that that that's a part of it, I think also just a judgment that I have to be an adult and mm -hmm. you know, is this for kids? Yeah, and I think Shlomo's right that, you know, it's really comes down to prioritizing because especially when you're a person's raising young kids, it's very tempting to get into the trap of, oh, well, we can't leave them right now. We can't take that trip or we can't mm -hmm. take that vacation because we don't have proper child care. Well, you know, the kids benefit when the parents come back happy and well connected and exhilarated from you know from their time together and so the cost benefit analysis of leaving the kids versus coming back you know much more vibrant and revitalized it's really a trade-off um if we I, w I always say if looking back on our 20-year marriage if there's one regret quote unquote or something i wish we would have done differently is i wish we would have taken more trips, more opportunities when they came up to actually leave the kids, go away, mm -hmm. have a great time, have a blast, come back renewed. Well, and, you, and it's really interesting that you say that because we know from research that the best thing that people can do for their children is to take care of their marriage. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, kids, you know, kids want that stability. They want that, um, can you know safety that a good marriage provides but it does require that you take care of it mm. you know so whether mm. it's you know i mean and and you know whether it's regularly getting out just together as a couple or what you're talking about actually going away and you know because when you you and and i do want to talk about um the the oxytocin connection that you guys mentioned in your piece is that you know when we when we do things together like when we were dating that's that's part of how we got together and so people go oh well we don't need to do that anymore and it's like yeah actually you do mm. but it's but it is this constant push and pull you know I mean I remember and I've told this story before because my husband and I have um you know, we, I, I've, I've danced all my life. So I'm a big fan of the ballet. And so we've gone to the, our local ballet since they started. And so we turn it into a whole evening. You know, we get dressed up, we go out to dinner, we do this thing. And when our kids were little, you know, my son would say, well, where are you going for dinner? I said, we're going to your favorite restaurant and you don't get to come with us. <laughs> and he would just get so mad, you know, but it was like, no, this is something that mom and dad are doing. And, you know, and, and somehow my children who are both adults now managed to survive. 
Yes, that's so beautiful. And yeah, I think also, and Shlomo, you can correct, both of you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think sometimes couples also feel like, well, if things aren't perfect and we're having problems or we're having conflict, then we can't, we can't go out and have fun because in, we have to be serious and we have to realize that things are wrong and things are not up to what they need to be. And so we need to be serious about these problems and fix them before we can go out and, you know, have a jolly good time together. And I know I hear Shlomo saying this all the time, you know, sometimes when you're in the negativity and when you're in that pit of despair, it's so hard to like find a way to dig out of it. But sometimes just putting infusing the positivity first without trying to fix all of the problems just that infusion will naturally and organically lift people up out of the despair without them having to try as hard and chip away at it which is that yeah. how you would say yeah and I, I think that yeah for sure because you know if, if you're drowning in all the negativity then you're just gonna you're not gonna be able to get up and breathe breathe for fresh air but if you can kind of get above that and connect with each other because that's ultimately what what is the source of the problems that you're having you can say it's this it's that but ultimately it's the lack of connection we want to be connected mm -hmm. we fell in love initially we want to have that connection and we're upset that we're not connected so we have all these issues that annoy us but ultimately if we felt safe and connected and loved by our partner a lot of these things wouldn't be a big deal we could work on them together so making that and making a priority to to have that fun even if you're not in the best place is really important. I mean, on the other hand, I have had some couples that they're, I feel like almost like so toxic that you know, they'll ruin anything. So like, they're, <laughs> go out on, they're going out and have fun and like, it's a disaster because, you know, somebody was a jerk or this or that. So, it, you know, it, it really, I think it depends. And in general, I think in most cases where couples are just are struggling, I think that having fun is going to make a huge difference. Someone who's like really, really toxic, uh, you know, as I said, they could, they could ruin you. Sabotage. Know, the best, sabotage you. Right. Right. And so part of this is, you know, if if people get into the habit of doing this early, they can sometimes avoid those yeah. horrendous things. But yeah, it's, you know, but yeah, it's sort of like I'm looking for a reason to blow this up because, you know, I'm, you know, and, and again, that's not a particularly helpful um, relationship approach to right. to things. But it's still probably, you know, it's it's really that uh, that wounded child, perhaps that couple that's really toxic. Maybe they had, you know, similar to my experience with fun or perhaps it's almost like a negative attention thing where mm -hmm. we're just so, you know, we're so disconnected. We're so wounded. And it's like the only way we know how to connect is through negativity. You know, it's yeah. like so. Yeah. So well, and we also we also know what the you know the power the the power of the negative. It's three to five times more more powerful than the positive, which is why we need to be infusing hmm. our relationships with those positive experiences. Sure. Um, so this is happily ever after is just the beginning on WebTalkRadio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with fellow relationship experts, Rabbi Shlomo Slatkin and his wife, Rivka, about the importance of having fun together. And if you can't remember the last time you and your spouse just laughed together or had fun in some other way, you're not alone. However, your marriage is probably suffering because of it. You may feel disconnected, maybe like you've grown apart. You may feel like the two of you are on completely different life paths. Maybe you're convinced you don't love each other anymore, or at least aren't in love. But it doesn't have to stay that way. 
If you want to bring the magic back, you can, and I can help. So give me a call or shoot me an email, and I'll let you know some easy actions you can take to reignite your love for each other. So you can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. Coaching N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Now I want to get back to this conversation about fun. So, um, you know, I'm thinking about that old refrain about not being a child anymore and needing to put away childish things. And Rabbi, you were talking a little bit about this before, because I interpret that to mean no longer having fun. So is that kind of a common way of thinking for adults? Yeah, I think so. It's like, why do I need to have fun? I have, <laughs> I am busy. I have, I have work. I have to be, you know, I have to have a relationship. I have to be a parent. I don't have time to, you know, to, you know, to play. Be play, silly. Be silly. Uh, I'm just thinking of, see, you can tell I'm not, I like going, doing things together, but I'm not like, also, I'm a little bit fun impaired as well. well I, you're fun <laughs> really? impaired. See, I will say, see? I, Shlomo might think he's fun, fun impaired, but I have to say, I'm so much more fun, fun impaired than you are that I find you to be <laughs> actually silly. And what I and one okay. of I tell him sometimes one of the most attractive things about him I think is his sense of humor mm-hmm. and his ability be his ability to be fun and silly with the kids. Where that is harder for me to be. So I love like I love how silly he can be with the kids and that's why I think for adults who are thinking I've got to pay the bills I've got to be responsible you have to lighten things up a little bit yeah mm-hmm. because otherwise you'll go out of your mind so. <laughs> well yeah, yeah I mean yeah I mean it, you know it, and so but what is the connection between fun and oxytocin and why should we care well fun I mean when you have fun you're releasing these chemicals in your body and when you release those, the oxytocin in your body, then it, it makes you feel that sense of connection and pleasure. Uh, and when you're doing that together, it reinforces the connection that you have with each other. So, yeah. Yeah, so we like to ask couples to try to do at least one high-energy fun activity once a week, something that is high-energy that might elicit a belly laugh, not just like gar- we garden together, but right. you know, like actually doing something where you're you're kind of cracking up, you're laughing, and that will elicit more of the chemical, the bonding chemical, the intimacy chemical that really helps us bond. Okay, so what gets so other than being so so we've talked about being busy. We've talked about being fun impaired. So if you are fun impaired, because, you know, it's interesting because I just took a class on, on play, right? I, I've learned that I don't play a lot. Um, and I've had to re- kind of re-evaluate what play is. Um, but what gets in the way of a lot of, you know, people being able to play, being able to just give in to that um, just deep belly laugh that, that just deep, I'm just, I'm just going to take a, a, a humorous look at what's going on in my life. Cause right now things aren't very humorous. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I know for sure things are not very humorous. I know for me, what gets in the way is I got all kinds of childhood messages about 
oh, you're too loud or mm -hmm. you're too show, you know, you're being a show off or you're moving your body too much or you're, you know, you should be listening more than you should be talking. So I became much more inhibited with mm -hmm. around having, you know, being playful. And that's part of the work we had to do in our own marriage is learning how I could reclaim those lost parts that I lost as a child to be more fully vibrant and alive because every child is born fully uh, able to be whole and alive. But then as we grow up, we receive negative messages about certain things and then we end up kind of losing, right, those parts of ourselves. Yeah, we cut those parts off, we suppress them and then we just have, we, we don't engage in them. And mm -hmm. it, so it's like, it's a part of, it's a muscle that's kind of atrophied over time. So when when we're when somebody tells you, okay, now you have to have fun, it's not <laughs> easy. Yeah, that's why it's, it has to be a conscious effort. That's you know, it's investing in your relationship. So even uh -huh. if you don't, even if you're not in a bad place, but it's preventative, or even if you are in a bad place, it's an investment. And the more you and you just have to make sure you do it. It's like you know, you have to take vitamins. You know, it's just <laughs> something you have to do to take care of yourself to make sure that you stay healthy and that you don't, you know, pre prevent you from getting sick. Uh, it, and that's yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting as you're talking I'm I'm remembering, you know, this this just happened recently with a couple I've been working with and you know, she got really upset. They were at a wedding and she got really angry with him because he was out on the dance floor dancing and I'm kind of like going, "Wait." <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you have this, you know, you have you 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 have these messages either that you received or that you're you know, well, actually you receive them and then you're putting them on other people where, mm. you know, it's like going deeper and figuring out, well, why, why is it, why is what my partner doing bothering me? Right. Mm -hmm. And so you, Rifkin, you said this about, you know, being too loud or, you know, being too much the center of attention. I mean, I remember as a kid, I got punished a couple of times for playing. So I have my own issues with this too, as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but there are other times when I've been able to over, overcome it. Mm -hmm. um, you both, both in, with my family and then just with friends where I can, you know, and the older I get, I'm kind of giving myself that permission to, it's okay to yeah, laugh. That's exactly, I think what you're saying makes so much sense. And if you were punished for playing, well, it's no wonder you would call yourself fun impaired because right. it makes sense. That's what we have to do to protect ourselves as a child to get safe. And that's mm -hmm. maybe what you did and turned off a little bit of that temporarily. And it's great that you're giving yourself permission and learning ways that you can um, reclaim that playfulness and and I think that's the first step, right? Yeah, just releasing releasing all the fears and messages about the message, the fears about the, you know what would happen if we did such and such, and just allow yourself to really really be fully present and get in touch with your with your you know what I say inner child or you know your mm -hmm. true self as opposed to what's been imposed on you from from external sources, people, society, etc. So you've mentioned about couples being intentional and making time on a weekly basis to to have fun together. So what are some concrete steps for people to take to start that? So the first thing we recommend is make a standing date. 
because mm-hmm. otherwise it won't happen. Right. Put it on uh, the calendar. Yeah, put it on the calendar. If you need a babysitter, you have a standing babysitter. I mean, we did this for many years when our when our oldest kids were were little, and we needed to get out. And we we almost like we're like, what are we gonna do? The babysitter's coming. Like, what are we gonna do tonight? Like, we almost. <laughs> We had to like do something because she was coming. But if mm-hmm. many times we could have just like, oh, you know, we don't really feel like going out, and you know, we just probably would have never gone out. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to make it. Then once you do that, then you can figure out. You can alternate weeks. You can decide. You know, one person's responsible this week of finding something to do. Uh, there's so many different things you can do. It depends on what you like. You know, karaoke, right. uh, dancing, exercise class. Um, you know, indoor skydiving. <laughs> I have my clients, they, they always make a list of things. Some people uh-huh. have pretty creative items. Axe throwing, rec rooms. There's so many things that people think of. Yeah, so even watching. And they don't have to be expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Yeah, there's plenty of lists of, you know, low-budget things. A pillow fight, jumping on a trampoline, um, Nerf guns, all kinds of silly. Or watching a comedy show together. Mm-hmm. All kinds of silly things that you can do together. Low-budget, high-budget, mid-budget. Um, to be able to make this a priority. So I did want to talk because, you know, because if couples are in a, in a rough place, um, would you recommend starting things maybe a little bit more low budget, maybe around the house as opposed to going out? Cause I'm just having visions of, you know, arguments in cars. I don't know why that vision is coming to me. Oh God. Uh, yeah. I've seen that. Um, I don't know what you're going to say, Shlomo. I kind of think, personally, I always think it's better to get out of the house because Mm, it's like, it's just, then you're in the same place, the same environment that's causing you the stress. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're not getting, sometimes it's been a while since I, sometimes we haven't gone out, let's say in a while and I'll finally get out and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this feels just so good to be in the world again. Like after, especially after the pandemic, just being out in the fresh air in a different surrounding, you get away from the place that's triggering you. But, but you're right, Leslie, like it can, I've definitely seen, you know, at least growing up, plenty of fights my parents had in cars. And (laughs) um, it just depends on, what do you think? Yeah, it depends. Like, I know for us, like, I feel like just getting out, even if we we're like feeling not feeling connected, getting out will just change that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, for other couples who are in a very very toxic relationship, it may be different, and it could be they could try to do things at home, but it just depends. It really just depends on the on on the couple, like how how disconnected are they feeling, and and why, and what are the real, what are the issues that are going on. Mm-hmm. You know, some couples, I remember one testimonial you received was them actually going to see Shlomo once a week was uh-huh. their, their date night. And they were able to, they looked forward to therapy as a way to contain and talk about everything that had happened during the week. And they looked forward to it as their date night. So maybe a couple that's experiencing a lot more toxicity can find an outlet of mm-hmm. you know safe therapy that works for them that they can go to once a week as for starting as their date night and then maybe they can go out afterwards and get a drink or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had, I, I've had somebody do, do something similar uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and if, and if they can handle that, that actually, that actually works really well. But I do like the idea of 
you know, get, getting out because a lot of times we're better behaved in public than we are in our own homes yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there is that societal thing. Right. Um, you know, so maybe actually doing something, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you outside, outside the home can actually be a little bit better because it's like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to be fighting in front of, you know, all these, these people who don't necessarily know us. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can't speak for every couple, but I don't know. That would be my hunch. But, you know, I'm not in the same space working with couples like you guys are um, just as a you know consumer. I just find it's such a breath of fresh air to change, you know, change scenery. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so important that we, you know, because, again, we, we can get so, you know, people can be so serious. And I mean, and life is serious. There's, you know, but but again, just being able to to just laugh. I mean, I, you know, that just that simple, I mean, I, I'm, as we're talking, I'm reminded that I was back in, I was in college and I worked at a hotel in a, in a resort and, and at some, I don't remember what happened, but I got so hysterically laughing. I mean, I literally was on the floor behind the front desk <laughs> and these people are coming up. I, I couldn't stop it. I mean, you know, to the point where like tears are streaming down my face and I can't even tell you what got me going, but I never felt so, so, I mean, once I was done, it's like, wow, that felt really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, people are looking at me like, okay, who is this crazy woman? But you know, (laughs) literally on the floor behind the, behind the front desk, luckily I didn't get fired, but. uh, That is fabulous. I just thought of one other thing is, is turn off the news for goodness sakes. Like, there, you know, news sell. What's the phrase where they say news sells? If it bleeds, it leads. Yes, yes. <laughs> if it bleeds, it leads. Right. So it's not going to be positive. It's just not. Yeah. And so, what is the point? Like, okay, you know, COVID and all, but like, you know, if you get sick at home, you know where to go. You know mm-hmm. what you have to do. The news is not helping couples feel playful. It is not. No. It's contributing. It's people de- depressed, anxious. Uh, doom and gloom right it is it is and it's not helpful and maybe in the beginning we needed it more so but you know we're almost three years after this pandemic two years whatever Mm. it feels like it feels like longer yeah (laughs) it's like enough already i don't know maybe maybe i'll make you know maybe some people will disagree but i i just don't see it helping it puts people in the in place of fear and Mm -hmm. then survival mode and then we know what happens when we're in survival mode in a relationship we can't Definitely can't thrive. Definitely can't connect. So, you know, the more stressors you can, un- unnecessary stressors you can avoid in your life. You know, you don't need to know. In the olden days, you know, I think that we could say like, oh, why is why are so many people depressed these days? But it could be they were back then as well. But I think though that we have, on the one hand, we have the amazing aspects of technology where we can connect with everyone and know what's mm-hmm. going on everywhere in the world, every moment. At the same time. Do we really need to know every little thing that's going on everywhere in the world at every single moment? Uh, you know, it's it's just overwhelming, and for people who are sensitive to it, it can really just make people very anxious and very depressed. Mm-hmm. And it not really the information isn't necessary. Just yeah. get wrapped up in the yeah. It's right. Get off social. Get off social media. <laughs> yeah, and that's even worse. So. Or at least, or at least limit. I mean, you know, because yeah, I mean, it's like back in the day when you know it would be something would happen and you wouldn't learn about it for months because you know we didn't have the twenty four seven news cycle, and and somehow people managed to to still function, not knowing 
I mean, yes, I, I'm 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 somebody who likes to be informed, but yet I mean, I just remember yeah, the other day I just turned off the radio, going, I don't want to listen to this. I just don't want to listen to this. It's just not. It's just not so productive, and it's. I wish news was about. They would make it where it wasn't just about the the scary Bad stuff. Yeah, it's not. It's not helpful. I don't think. Well. I want to thank you guys for coming on and talking about this really important topic and, and continuing to encourage people to, to find, to find joy in life. Because I mean, we can find joy in a rainbow. We can find joy in a flower. We don't need these, you know, <laughs> big, you know, big, big whoop-de-doo things. So where can people learn more about you guys and, and, and start to follow you? Because I think everybody should. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Um, we are the main place where we communicate is on our website, the marriage restoration project.com. So that's a little bit long, the marriage restoration project.com. And we've got all sorts of ways for couples to have fun from low budget to whoop de doo. You know, a little bit more fancy, like, um, you know, bigger things. So one of the things we've launched this year for 2022 is actually therapeutic destination retreats for couples to be able to go to a place that has COVID-19 safety protocols in place in the hotel, mm -hmm. but where they can actually have a great time in a beautiful location and also experience some marital education exercises, workshops, trainings to be able to help them reconnect. And we felt like it was necessary to put that in place, especially now after the pandemic, um, you know, with yeah. safety in place. Yeah, because people... People need to get away. People need to be able to focus on their relationship and also feel like they can have this fun experience together. And to do it together, it's a win-win. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to tell people that making time to be together as a couple on a consistent basis is critical if your relationship is to survive. And in my book, date nights should be about having fun. Not critiquing the relationship or dealing with problems, but simply enjoying each other's company. So hopefully you have gotten some um, good information today about <clears throat> what you can do. And so the question I have is, what do you need to get started? And hopefully one of the things you will do is to continue to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.